Hello everyone and welcome to Funky Baz and Face, three brothers talking footy. We had a bye last week boys and I'm pretty excited tonight. We're in Funky's Lounge, haven't been in Funky's Lounge for a while. Mm -hmm. But more importantly we've got a special guest here live in Funky's Lounge Room. Excellent, excellent. Very much looking forward to speaking to him. Hello Funky, hello Baz. Hello boys. Nice to be here, boys. Finished up my Goody Saints. There we go. Right, boys. Goody Saints, off. under 11s. Done for the year. Had a sensational... We had Nathan Bassett out there tonight. Well, you can't get the introduction out without him talking about it. Goody Saints, we had a brilliant year. We wound up with the boys. We're full of energy. We're ready to go against... Um, whoever we're playing, I forget who we're playing, but we're Sorry. playing on <laughs> Sunday. And lot, looking lot of, uh, boys, but um, it's sensational to be here with Roscoe and you boys again tonight. A lot of well, opposition analysis then for the under 11s. That's right. Our special guest this week is Ross Waite. And now I had the privilege of working with the great man at mm. the Australian Sports Commission quite some years ago. And I was just telling you before, you work with people and some people got like standards sort of like here. Some people got high standards. And then there's a Ross Waite level. When you want to talk about someone who sets the scene Jeez. in and out this of the workplace, and this is a big call. We're going to talk about what he does, both in his work for Port Adelaide Football Club in the community. Mm-hmm. He's a cracker of a man. Well, you know and what? I'm, I'm ready to, to be here. inspired by that. You've <laughs> talked him up massively. I'm, I'm ready to be inspired. No pressure. I've got high expectations man. on this. Maybe I need to lift my game a bit. Oh, you are. You don't. You parliamentary. Insignificant <laughs> compared to Roscoe. You haven't listened to the stuff that. Wow. Oh, yeah, I'm excited. Off. Well, I'll tell you what, how, how I'm going at the moment. I went to a building. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, Ross Waite. Who show is it? Yeah, Ross Waite, welcome to the, the Funky Bass and Face podcast. <laughs> it's an honour to be here with you. Thanks for coming along. Before we start, um, can I just uh, give you guys a little gift? Because <laughs> I know that's uh, you're on Adelaide Crows oh, yeah, names, but yeah. out of respect for, oh! uh, out of respect, uh, for what we're doing uh, with the cause of violence against women, I've got your beautiful Port Adelaide oh, white oh, ribbon, no. so you're going to have oh, to wear this. Is, uh, this thank you very much. That is oh, outstanding. Hang on. Oh, hang on. Oh, I, know this, I know this hurts you, boys. Oh, but, well, um, God, this, I think my head might actually dissolve like acid. And oh, you know, that looks good. You know the that size of my really head, good. I'm going to have to adjust the cap. Yeah, have you got yeah. a boys cap for Funky? <laughs> <laughs> um, how much are they going for on eBay, Ross? Oh, mate, they're going for a lot, actually. These are high press. I'm very excited about this. Thank you, oh. Roscoe. Is, he comes how in his own they? time to talk to us, That's and he comes amazing. with gifts. He's brought chocolate. Yeah. Um, it's basically more than what Face provides. When you come to my house. Actually, yeah. we've got funky Baz and Face t-shirts. Really? So we need to give Roscoe... He'd definitely be in the team of the year after that. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah. he's, he's, he's captain. Do you have t-shirts? And we, we have do. t-shirts. Oh, we do. And we have a, a team of the year. And awesome. you are the front runner for captain. Really? So, very, very well, welcome, good. Roscoe. Brilliant. It's a funky yeah. face. Yeah, this is very, great. Now, very inspire good. me, Roscoe. Are we at that level yet, or are we? Uh, well, we're going to talk about our followers, and then we're going to talk about the great man. So, who's okay. our followers this week? Well, face? boys, four new Twitter followers to Funky Bear's face this week. We've got Declan Simpson. He's an Ohio University college graduate and big Crows fan, so he will love that we've just all been given three uh, PAFC caps to fit in our heads. Um, so thanks, Declan, for tuning in. Uh, Rob247, uh, fair to say he doesn't offer a hell of a lot on Twitter. Oh, Rob, he's only just joined Twitter, so I think he's just tuning in for us. Yeah. Uh, we got Matt, who is a big Crows fan. Again, the Strict Australia is his um, uh, Twitter handle. This is some of his tweets that he's handed out this week. He says, I now fear selection night at Adelaide Football Club, but they've done it to me again. Carlton have two, full tall, uh, two tall forwards, a fill-in ruck, but let's place more slow tall backs on the MCG. Um, 
very, very interesting. So he's very critical of the Crows, and uh, fair enough in some, some of the last couple of weeks. Anthony Leach is another one, boys. Um, Leachy. He got on to... his mates call him Leachy? Probably. The, <laughs> the Leach, the, the, the sucker. Um, he uh, chimed in on... Uh, I'll t- talk about the last couple of weeks about the Sacked podcast. It's where they've gone through all the, mm. the previous coaches. quite interesting, actually. Malthouse was on there. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the, the recent one is uh, Mick Malthouse Part 2. And they've talked about when Malthouse went in, the salary cap was a disaster. Mm. Oh, Anthony Leach... Uh, writes back saying, and the recruitment of Daisy on big money wasn't uh, adding to those salary cap lives. That's a great call, actually. Very good call. Um, but a couple of tweets this week, boys. As it uh, looks like Siddle might have got a, no, he just another wicket. Okay, still none for it. Commentating on the uh, cricket. <laughs> <laughs> Second test, pretty excited about that. Australia started well. One of our uh, brothers and sisters this week, Liam Sheedy, said it would be interesting to see how uh, Adelaide breaks the game with Josh Jenkins on the weekend. He obviously played against West Adelaide. His opponent got in the best for West Adelaide and in perhaps a harsh assessment from Gavin Colville in the after-game presentation, did a, he said, did a great job on a bloke who earns more than a whole club. So a nice little dig on Scratchers had Jenkins. a crack there because uh, I did bump into Gavin Colville during the year. Okay. and um, just, just Yeah, he's, he's a good good fella. So you would have had some time spending yeah, with, with Scratcher. So West Adelaide, just... So difficult to draw good players to their club yeah. because they're competing financially against mm. some of the other big clubs. And when you see Josh Jenkins, who's probably earning more, like you said, than the whole team, oh, makes it hard, doesn't it? The whole club, absolutely. Um, another tweet out from the Swamp. We love this uh, Swamp thing and all his tweets. Gave a great tweet about uh, players that have kicked five goals in a game for Adelaide before turning 20. Twice it's been Mark Rusciuto, once it's been Taylor Walker. Another one, Jack Gunston, he's one that got away. And Darcy Fogarty Boys, 19 years, 320 days. And what a good performance against West Coast that was. Brilliant performance. Yeah, I'm going to bring in um, Darcy Fogarty soon in my Would You Rather. One last update, which our followers will know, is about the people's dog, Hot Chevy. Uh, mm-hmm. Placed third in, uh, where was it? Are we allowed to talk about Bridge? gambling with the uh, power community yeah, living no there? <laughs> <laughs> Hot Chevy's a good tip there for you, Roscoe. So one of our local brothers and sisters, Jimmy Norris, uh, they have a dog, so we've named it the Twitter dog and the people's dog. Awesome. And, um, yeah, so it. it's actually in the final at Hillsville in Victoria this week. Looking at the, looking at the competition... I think it's got no chance. There's some hot, hot uh, favourites there. You, you know your dogs, don't you, mate? I do. I'll, I'll follow their form by looking at the form guide saying, <laughs> and there's lots of ones. I reckon that one's favourite. So uh, good luck to Hot Chevy this week. Race 8 um, it, in Hillsville, funky. Is that a Very tab good. track, that one? It will be a tab Hot Chevy race. 35 grand for the first oh, one. For the first get a monster. So, uh, look, anyone can win. Hey, uh, who's, the, who's the ice skater that's... Two, <laughs> he's done the old two arms, two legs. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, boys, I, I'll tell you why I love Roscoe so much. So, Port Adelaide Football Club, their mission is... The Port Adelaide Football Club exists to win premierships and make mm-hmm. our community proud. The man in charge of making community proud is Ross White. You think of the responsibility that this man has... As well as that, so he's the general manager of Power Community Limited. He's on the board for the Zara Foundation. So the Zara Foundation, uh, their aim is to end domestic violence against women. He's a white ribbon ambassador. He's on the Squash SA board. Just in squash. His, um, just in his, oh, I love squash. Yeah. Just yeah. in his spare yeah. time. But just thinking about yeah. the programs that uh, Ross is responsible for, this is what Port Adelaide Footy Club uh, are responsible for. Yeah. And just through some of the conversations I've had with Ross and other people, 
Um, every AFL club does something in the community. Mm-hmm. Port Adelaide, without any word of a lie, do it better than anyone. And that's a, just a known thing. They do it so well between South Australia and Northern Territory. Um, responsible for the empowering youth. Haven't listened to what the powerisms in all this. Empowering youth. The Aboriginal Power Cup. Willpower. Uh, power to end violence against women. They have two um, Aboriginal academies, an Aboriginal AFL academy and an Aboriginal Women's Academy, which is brilliant. Have a listen to some of these stats. Every year they visit 70,000 people. So Ross and his team um, got a, a small team with some legends in that team as well. Uh, over 700 schools that they visit donate uh, items to 42 charities. Uh, you've donated 42,000 items that have gone all around the world. Uh, they've travelled over a year 150,000 kilometres, which is equivalent to four times around the world. <laughs> that is a busy man with everything. Welcome, Ross. Nah, thanks What's for it? having me, boys. What a responsibility and what an awesome job to make a difference in that community. Yeah, I guess I, I consider myself pretty lucky to be working for the Port Adelaide Football Club. And uh, I guess I don't really have the responsibility myself to make our community proud. The whole football club does. And we've been engaging the community since 1870 proud history and always given to the community so I think I'm just carrying on a legacy with my other colleagues to to make the community proud and I think when Keith Thomas came in in in, uh, 2012 they looked at our mantra and our mission statement and sort of identified that we couldn't just exist to win premierships which was the mission statement so they implemented the additional um, uh, uh, the the addition which is we exist to win premierships and make the community proud so we're more than just a football club um, and you can't always win premierships as we know you yeah. um, you're lucky to win one mm. um, but our football club we hope to make the community proud um, from how we go about our business and what we do in the community it, it's it's brave because everyone talks about premierships Absolutely. and then to invest so much time and energy into making a difference in the community and your resources and the china strategy as well it, it's a bold move from the footy club as well but the end of the day like you said it is difficult to win a premiership so how does that footy club make a difference so there's what are some of the unique stories that you've come across yeah well i mean a background story which not many people would would know is that when we started in 99 because that afl team came in in 97 99 we implemented the first community-based education program in the afl which is the power community youth program that still exists russell ebert the legend basically went to the premier and and uh, asked for some money um, to implement this program and and it was uh, to give something back to the community but also give our players an opportunity to develop and that program still runs now and our first sort of four-year players are all involved in that and it's integral for them understanding what Port Adelaide's about and building the passion for community but also their professional growth in front of in speaking in front of people so um, that's where we all started but in 2009 we did a research project over to the UK looked at football club models or Premier League um, or division club models. And I, I believe 91 out of the 92 clubs, Arsenal's the one that doesn't, they all have community trusts. Um, so we have a community trust yeah. with a board of directors that report back to the Port Adelaide Footy Club. So that's essentially how we are uh, modelled and we uh, generate our own revenue that's reinvested back into community. We'll, we'll invest around 3.2 mil into community programs this year. So it's fairly significant. Uh, But some of the stories, you know, we're doing programs that are changing people's lives. So we focus on education. It's not about football, um, you know, success or or elite talent pathways. We use the brand and the players to engage. Um, So, you know, we are 
like last year we placed 82 students into further employment or um, or education. So for us, that that's fairly significant. That's, that's brilliant. You know, mm-hmm. um, but we're change, trying to change young people's lives, bridging the gap. But um, one of the stories that I reflect on is um, in our multicultural programs. So Alapade Carlisle is our multicultural programs manager. Um, he's implemented a program called the Parent Cultural Program, which is basically encouraging young people to be proud of their culture because Australia's culture is very, um, you know, very young and it's uh, in, in, you know, we're a couple of hundred years old in ex- in the existing form, mm. but we need to recognise that we're coming to this country need need to acknowledge Aboriginal um, Torres Strait Islanders. Mm-hmm. So this program acknowledges that, but also allows culturally diverse young people to acknowledge their own culture. So a story from that is that a young person entered the program, wasn't willing to have uh, difficult conversations with their parents about their career pathway. So the parents sort of wanted them to go to university and take a certain pathway, but our program enabled them to build the confidence to have that conversation with uh, with their parents about where they actually wanted to go. Um, so if we can do that by life skills and development of a young person so that they can then have those conversations and follow the course that they want to at a young age, I think that's really important. Um, but then with our Aboriginal programs, we are you know supporting young people when they're coming from regional remote um, South Australia um, with their education pathways in South Australia, like in Metro Adelaide. So we're helping them, providing support mechanisms around them, um, which potentially uh, you, uh, the, the four of us haven't experienced because we've got supportive families. Yeah. But for these young people, they're coming out of their community. They're fairly isolated. They might be couch surfing. So we're trying to support yeah. those young people to enable them to have a well-rounded, um, you know, support. Um, around their life so that they can actually function at education and be successful. Um, and, and my colleague, Paul uh, Vandenberg, who like leads the His country. profile nationally is enormous That's with the work with um, Aboriginal uh, community and youth. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's like one in a million. Um, we're really lucky to have him. He's a great bloke. Um, like consider him a very close friend, but his passion for community and what he does for young people, um, you know, I would have no doubt he's probably doing something tonight, thinking about helping someone else. Yeah. Um, so we're really lucky to have that guy leading our programs, but to be supporting young people because it's, uh, especially Aboriginal young people, it's a pathway that he had to come through and he experienced these challenges when he came from Sejuna to Adelaide. So he's trying to influence and support young people so that they can be successful and break the cycle um, because it's very much about breaking the cycle and closing the gap. So that's what we're all about. Um, and a big dream for us is to build an Aboriginal Centre of Excellence at Albert and Oval. Um, so we're in progress of that, which would be a boarding facility, cultural space, uh, but then an educational hub for a lot of our programs. Is that something you've spoken to the state government about recently and try to get some funding f- for that? Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, and obviously um, uh, election uh, played <laughs> against us in that situation, but uh, we, we're close to both Lib- Liberal Party and, and Labor Party um, and uh, we're, we're working hard to sort of generate the revenue that it would take to, to build this facility. Yeah. Yep. Speaking of um, uh, SA Health people, and obviously, yeah, the changing government did put a, a kibosh on that um, program down at Albert. And we have a very good friend in common, Vicky yes. Wellgraven, mad, mad, funky, bass, and face listener. 
Awesome lady. She, De- deadly lady, as she would absolutely. say. Absolutely. <laughs> I, um, I actually spoke to Vicky uh, during the week and I said, look, we're interviewing Ross this week. She got, so this is uh, what she asked me to say. Ross is a well-respected person in the wider community. I've always heard great things about him and the work with Power Community Limited um, and the program to end violence against women, which obviously she's a, an amazing advocate for and um, her last few years have been amazing. Uh, she said, you're very dedicated, dedicated to the cause. She said, tell him to say hi in this feature room as he's a deadly bloke. Uh, so, absolutely, um, I love Vicky, she's awesome. We have great fans, obviously, uh, crazy Crows fan and uh, Port fan and mad as she is. Um, we have great banter throughout the Mate, year. Mate, I have a lot of respect so. for you coming down to Port Adelaide Heartland with your Crows Guernsey. <laughs> like, not many people would do that. Um, so I've got a lot of respect for you. I, I, I need to see photographic evidence, though. I, I will uh, for that through. So before the podcast started, we were talking about that I actually went down to the um, uh, Power... It was a Crows home game, and I went down to their support supporter awesome. base. Um, and yeah, they were looking at me, thinking, "Get out of here, mate! What are you doing here?" So, but it's all all to see Vicky. So yeah, she's a quality individual. That's for she sure. is. She's awesome, doing great work. How, how many people uh, work with you to do this? I mean, it sounds amazing what uh, Funky was saying in terms of of what you're achieving and seeing the schools and travelling. In an office, so it's a, is it at Alberton? Yeah, we're, we're based at Alberton. We have uh, 11 full-time staff at the moment, so yeah. sort of delivering all of our programs, and we have a large pool of casuals. Um, and I guess the key to our success really is that we get strong player engagement and support from the programs that we do. Mm. Um, yeah, so we couldn't do it without the players and, and without the brand because um, we just have... You know, if you compare us to another not-for-profit, we have this powerful brand that's recognising community and, and people get engaged by that. So you must be uh, overwhelmed with people, with requests. Yeah, we do get a lot of requests. Yeah. And one thing we like to do at the club is is offer something. We will never say no, which is sometimes to our detriment because we, we don't want to say no. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it just puts us under a lot of pressure, but we love it. Like we have a saying in our team that community never sleeps. Um, and I just referred to Paul before and he's probably yeah. like the rest of the guys are probably doing something. Um, Isn't that amazing? Yeah. You know, like I remember as a kid jumping over trying to get an autograph from a Nord SNFL player and I'd be like, oh, bugger off, mate. You know, you could, it's very hard to get interaction with the players, whereas now... It's just so it's open, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. I mean, the interaction with AFL players to kids after the game, high fives, selfies, is so different to what it used yeah. to be, isn't it? Yeah, Which it has to be. It yeah. has to be that way. Yeah, and I mean, we're always thinking about developing fans, you know? Like this mm. year, we're, we're aiming for 60,000 members from a club point of view. Um, and it's so important that we do that well um, because it means so much. Uh, it means a lot to our revenue and bottom line um, to bring new members in. Um, so we, we just need to make sure that our players are willing to do that, um, mm-hmm. and they are. We're really lucky that they're very supportive and understand the big picture for the club, um, which is, uh, yeah, and the AFL in general is, is really good with that. Actually, a great example of that um, this weekend is at uh, Woodbury West Torrance. Um, they have their community day where they have a big event. They're playing Adelaide um, in the SNFL round. So they're inviting um, kids and families to come onto the Oval to walk around the Oval before the game. Um, plenty of events. So actually, that'd be great someday. Should go back to your heart. <laughs> uh, another thing that I saw has gone viral, courtesy of Ross Waite's iPhone, is the Xavier <laughs> Dersma Arrow. Mm-hmm. Now, I absolutely love this because... He's got a lot of flack for bringing out the arrow during the game and, you know, sort of making sure he brings out the appropriate time. But the kids love it. 
How good is that? So can you tell us a story about going to the uh, well, high school? I'm not going to um, claim the credit for it because it was uh, <laughs> credit, a, co- credit, a, a colleague. Yeah. Um, I'll claim a little bit of the credit, but yeah. a colleague, uh, <laughs> Will, is, is Will Northeast, Paul Northeast's son. Yeah. Okay. He's working for Does us now. Does he keep the same as... Will's <laughs> <laughs> uh, got a beautiful kick, actually. Um, it's not genetic. Yeah. Um, but he, uh, he's been an, he's only just started working for the community team this year, but he's an outstanding character and... Um, he is coming up with these awesome ideas um, and one of them was to speak to Xavier before they went out to our community youth program and uh, and he said look mate I'm gonna ask you to do the uh, bow and arrow is that cool so uh, Zave uh, yeah he said yes and they got all the kids to get up there and, and do the bow and arrow and it went viral went on Fox footy yeah, and yeah it was I, awesome but I, th- I think it shows the character of the bloke that he does it in that forum and that can go viral and he, he takes that but also he followed it up with, with the game at uh, Marvel didn't he he also he did, did it in yeah. front of that crowd yeah. that was just fantastic he copped all that flack and abuse about whether he should do it or not and then he does it anyway yeah. that shows that he's got confidence within himself but in the teammates feed off that as well I, I think for him he's just a, an outstanding uh, young man and um, it, there's more to him than just football um, and he was, you know, people did ask, well, do you need to do that? Um, and he said, yes, this is me. Like, he, he dances. Um, he's, he's, he's really talented. Um, and that's how he celebrates it's a goal. Like, I think. Um, his yeah. dancing is sort of like a ballet sort of stuff, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. It's very creative. None of us could do it. But, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, for, for him to do that, and I, I think the AFL players now have a platform. They can create their own profile. So it's important at the club that they understand what the club wants them to do, but they need to create their own profile um, and brand. And he's creating his own brand. Um, so hopefully mm. that will hold him in good stead for the career beyond football. You mm. know, So that's really important that we're helping these young guys. If it fits within the team um, structure and what the team allows, we help these guys um, develop their character and profile so that they can go on after football because it's that's a very good. short career path. Yeah, that's right. I've got a story about Ron Fuller and players celebrating. So I used to sit next to Ron Fuller at the Eagles. I used you to do Eagles in the snort that late. Yeah. I used to yeah. do the magnets. And uh, so I was the fitness coach and then used to do the magnets. And gave it, magnets, I'll tell you what, bloody hard. <laughs> uh, bloody hard. And uh, I remember doing it for Michael Gordon once and I had them all in the wrong spot. But um, we were playing a prelim it wasn't, final. Wasn't final for the gods, it was prelim final um, at Adelaide Oval against West Adelaide. And we were horrendous all day. And then we just had this comeback in the third quarter. Matthew Stokes was playing to us uh, with us before he got drafted to Geelong. Kicked this goal from the Eddie Betts pocket. Adelaide Oval scoreboard on the boundary. Got us within two points. All this momentum in the third quarter. He raises his arm to all the crowd. Because it was a, it was a twi- first twilight game for the final. So it was a good crowd there. Raises his arm. The crowd's gone nuts. The Eagles crowd, well, the, mind the, you. The four members and Ron Fuller's four. gone... Get your finger down, you little prick. <laughs> well, I hated the celebration because it was like, focus on the game. If you were within the goal square momentum and you kicked the ball out of the stadium, it was like, that's a massive no because it loses it's, momentum. It's so old school, school that is. Massive. Oh, yeah, so yeah, to see time. the kids embrace that, I'm sure you hand out merchandise and stuff like that, but the power of that arrow... Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, See, Ken was laughing at it in the box. Yeah, he did it against Essendon, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah which is great. Yeah, I think um, Ken's backed him to yeah. say, you know, Ken and the, and the boys have backed him to express say, yourself. you know, express yourself. Yeah. And um, if if they agree as a team, then it's, then it's up to them, you know, to make those decisions and support the young man. Do you feel when uh, the team's going through a rough trot, does that 
filter down to you guys? Is it is that are you? Do you feel part of that in terms of yeah. having people come up to you and saying what's wrong with this or Sack Hinkley? Because you know the Sack Hinkley thing was going around for a while this year. Do, do you feel that? Or well, I guess when we lose, we feel it at the club straight away. Mm-hmm. Um, the tempo's down, and we we. We get emotional with the wins and losses. We we're like a roller coaster as well. But in the community, so are our fans. They're so diehard and, and passionate. Um, so we do feel it and we and we hear it. But we um, we put a positive to it, um, you know. And and we we I'm confident we're going to play finals. We've got two games to go. Um, and if we play finals, a lot of the negative talk is is dispersed, you know. Um, you know, because that's what we what we're here for. No, oh, that's great. I told you how good he was, didn't I? That he's had high standards. So, Roscoe, we we're going to uh, come back to you about a few things. I'm very interested to hear about Zara's quest, the money that you've raised, and Kokoda. Uh, but first, I'd like you to join us on Baz's Bake. Boys, I'm not happy, lads. I'm not happy. I'm not happy, boys. I'll tell you why I'm not happy, okay? Roscoe? Oh, I'm not happy, mate. You don't have to, you don't have to agree with him, by Okay. <laughs> okay, have we got FaceTime? These days, boys. You're talking about my time, or have we got FaceTime? Yeah, we do. Yes. Have we got Twitter? Yes, we do. If we clap twice, <laughs> do the lights go off? <laughs> Not this house, but yes. <laughs> do we put man on the moon? Uh, debatable. I think I know where you're going, mate. Technology is at an all-time high, Roscoe. <laughs> but in a million-dollar or billion-dollar industry, boys, with the cricket world holding its collective breath for the first day <laughs> of the second test. We have a washout. We're all gathered around our TVs and we have a washout. Not good enough, boys. Surely in 2019, we could have a more durable ball. We could have more durable grass. Or maybe we could just, we all just shrug our shoulders and say, you know what, too bad, it's too hard. There should be a solution. (laughs) Name me, boys, another sport that wusses out over a little bit of rain. Tennis. Name me two sports. Name me two sports. Boys, it's not good enough, okay, in 2019 that this happens, okay? Billion, billion dollar industry. How much are we looking forward to that first day of the second? Everyone was talking about it around the water cooler, and we come home and we go, oh, and we turn it over to, well, I don't know, like uh, Survivor or something. Actually, like, you would have been actually, happy because The Bachelor was on. Oh, oh, it, it wouldn't have bothered you at all. Boys, I'm actually struggling with The Bachelor this year. I'm more on Survivor, actually. But anyway, yeah. Funky's more over The Bachelor than both of us. I did watch Survivor. Do you watch The Walkout, did you? I did. But anyway, get back to this, boys. Yeah. I'm not happy but about Funky's it. Funky's changed, yeah. Tell me, there should be something else that, like, we should develop, you know, that we're test cricket should be more adaptable to the young kids. We should make it that they surely should play through a little bit of rain, don't you think? Just play it under a roof, mate. And problems. Well, I don't know. Do you think so or not? Am I... Yeah, I was disappointed that they didn't play, but it's like, well, cricket doesn't play in the rain. But you got a very good yeah. point. It's like kids, kids the game won't handle all... that. You know, kids yeah. want fast pace. Mm-hmm. They want they, yeah, you know, it goes t- for five that's, days. That's T twenties though. That's their appeal of it. The thing, sorry, Roscoe, go ahead. No, you go. One of the rules last night is that they've got to wait for the rain to stop, then half an hour, then they toss oh. the coin. Who, that, that's who remarkable. Sits, who sits I think the other that. thing is they wouldn't start before 11 o'clock. Why can't they start at nine? It built the suspense. So we're all talking about it now. Everyone's been talking about it today. You're hanging to watch it today. I think it's all good. They compacted <laughs> it into yeah. four days. You know, that's right. Yeah, yeah but there's probably not going to be a result now, but anyway. 
that's just that's my little bait, boys. Not happy with that, but there we go. <laughs> well, I, th- I do think you make a good point, but there are some. I'm sure there's more than tennis, but maybe our followers can tell us. I'm not done yet, boys. I'm not done with yet because I have a 60 seconds with Roscoe, right? It doesn't really quite fit from what we've been talking about, but I like to go on the run, on the fly here, boys, with this. Is that because what we haven't really talked about is this man's playing career, all right? So that's how I know him, of his playing career. Now, feel free to jump in with any questions during the 60 seconds uh, pace and put it on the clock. Um, Roscoe, best club that you've played for? Mount Lofty. Mount Lofty. Okay, worst club that you've played for? Oh, I don't think I've played for a bad club. Okay. Now, <laughs> you were a well-paid country player. <laughs> Did you negotiate your own contract? <laughs> uh, I did, I did. Did you, you did. do uh, push-ups before you went in to negotiate a contract to go with this guy? Yeah, yeah. usually another yeah. haircut and get the tips done. Yeah, that's right. Who so. <laughs> yeah. did the tips? Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> did you ever limp into a game just so you could get your yellow envelope? Um, oh, there was one time. <laughs> there was one time I played and I was extremely unwell, but I gave my envelope back. Oh, <laughs> I, I told that, you. No, you are. I tell you, what, the reason why we say that is that my dad, who you met tonight, like he used to be the president, the treasurer, the you know billboy, everything. What yeah, a man. Yeah. And he used to like sell the raffle tickets and then this guy came, I won't say who he is, and he did his hamstring on a Thursday night. So he on the Saturday he runs out, sort of hobbles out, minute, first minute, hammy gone, and then puts his hand out for his three hundred bucks, which back in those days and dad big, was big just coin. dad was just distraught. And that's probably a hundred and fifty hours of dad's voluntary. That's time. right, yeah, oh. he was gutted. So like just things like that really sort of got to know the journey in a country club it's tough absolutely does Um, your commentary include in the 60 seconds or do we start at the top oh sorry about that yeah (laughs) best coach you played under uh david hart he was a coach i played when i played for paracroon juniors yeah he's just an outstanding man what was what was one of the traits you got out of him great communication um, yeah. and, and is always level-headed, yeah. um, cool and calm under pressure, but, you know, local uh, junior level, but still just a great role model. Yes. Uh, best power bloke out of all of them, one name, best power bloke? Uh, Russell yeah. Weaver. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I consider him... Just an idol. Oh, idol, great man, uh, role model, leader, yeah. um, walks past a piece of rubbish on the floor, picks it up, doesn't yeah. matter where he is, um, and... He's just a quality man. There's some, there's some oh, people, can I ask you about this? What, what? 60 seconds, hang on. There's some people <laughs> in this world that you're just glad that you know. Yeah. Like, I think you both glad you know me. But, <laughs> uh, but you're just glad you know him. Sorry. Yeah. Um, tell me about the Gatorade shower. I'm an anti-Gatorade shower because of sustainability mess and the environment. Waste. Are you a for or against the Gatorade shower? I'm for a celebration. Yeah! So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I like the bow and arrow and yeah, I'm for it. Oh, I love for that. It. Um, most promising young port coach? Young port coach. Uh, like out of all the, the hierarchy behind there, is there someone that you think is your next Alex Alistair Clarkson who coached as an assistant at Port? Back look, in the I like the way Nathan Bassett goes about it. Because mm-hmm. I think he's a, he's a smart man and um, he's a good communicator and, and reads yeah. the game well. And I think he would make a really good coach um, in, in yeah. the future. Will Michael, Michael Voss be a senior coach in the future? I think he should be. Also, I've got a lot of respect for Michael. He's just a, he's a great man. And I obviously haven't been coached 
by him, but how he um, how he is off field and around a football club is someone you would want to lead your club. I think. No, that's um, it. That's boys. That's, oh, that's like Baz's that. five minutes. Um, what about Jarrett Schofield? Just come back to the club after playing career and um, being at Subiaco and coaching premierships out there. What's his influence been on the club this year? Yeah, I think it's been awesome. Like we've got um, him back in Montgomery, back Dean mm. Brogan. So we're bringing um, a lot of Port Adelaide flavoured, uh, yeah. successful players back. So I think. Um, uh, collectively, they've brought a lot back to our group. Um, that success as well, so they can mm. they understand what Port Adelaide's about, and they can influence our young players. And and Scully's been really good for for the group, and also a successful coach uh, in WA. He's so off his own back. yeah, off his own back. So I think um, great to have him come back, and and I think he's got a young fella that will probably come get picked up. So yeah, yeah so it's quite so good. Fingers crossed. Yeah. yeah good to have, uh, How many hours a week does Keith Thomas, Chris Davies and Ken Hinckley put into the footy oh, club? Oh, mate. You, you would not uh, believe the amount of hours that they, those guys put in. Um, Keith is, uh, yeah, he's he's a workhorse and really passionate about making our club the best it can be. Um, so he's, he's there a lot. And, and Ken is as well. Um, it was interesting after the, I think it was just after uh, the preseason, sort of asked Ken if he had had a bit of a break and he mm. didn't have much of a break because what these senior coaches are doing, they're thinking about the next season, they're going in the mm. draft period and they're preparing. It happens um, so quick, doesn't it, after uh, the end of the year? Especially Absolutely. how your season's ended the last few years, like the West Coast after the siren. Yeah. Yes. And then, you know, the last few years have been disappointing right at the end. Yeah. So I think everyone would be hell-bent they're on making it turn around yeah absolutely um, but they, they work so hard and, and I think there's a lot of respect that has to go in the AFL industry for how much uh, time energy effort but also pressure these guys have on, them, on themselves yeah. uh, to, to be successful Funky does a would you rather Roscoe and my would you rather has some uh, Mick Abbott uh, we interviewed Mick Abbott a couple of weeks ago and he was so excited about Funky Baz and Faze you know Mick Abbott? Abbott yeah I do yeah, yeah. so yeah he's been uh, very good in terms of conversing there I, me, me and him are besties now him, yeah. him and yeah. I him and I yeah oh, me and him now <laughs> boys um, the Crows traded out Charlie Cameron as you know and we got a selection pick for that within that the Crows chose Darcy Fogarty yeah I think my research is a bit loose, but I think no, that's so, right. No, it's exactly right. Thank you. Pick 12. Pick 12. And we Would you 12. rather Charlie Cameron or Darcy Fogarty? Well, they actually asked that on radio this week, actually. And they said, uh, I think one of them, I think Bickley said he'd rather Darcy Fogarty. Uh, but what are your opinions? I think when, when the trade first happened, I thought that 12 was actually overs for Cameron. Hmm. I felt that he was quite inconsistent in his yeah. performances. He could light it up like he did in that prelim final and that's probably the last match I remember for the Crows. But, um, you know, he lit up that day and took it apart. He's just doing that more consistently for Brisbane now, which is mm. fantastic to see. We definitely miss that skill set. Crows definitely miss that skill set in the forward line now. So that's yeah. the difference. What's your answer, though? <laughs> oh, Fogarty's, Fogarty's going to be an awesome player. Oh, in terms of his where he could reach his peak, I'd take Fogarty. Well, at the moment, I think he's uh, he's one shining light um, mm. for, for the Crows. Mm. But mm. if uh, if it was about immediate success, so, I would probably say so Cameron, Cameron because yeah. you know um, he would have added something at the moment when Betts is um, you know mm. finishing his career. Yeah. Yeah. Stengel is on the way through. There's a bit of a gap there, so he yeah. would have fit in perfectly. Yeah. And, and you know this year he's played really good football. His pressure, his tackle, um, his mm. his intense, his power. Yeah, yeah, his power. Um, I think that's something that would go a long way. For, for the Crows. Yeah. Can I just ask Roscoe another question, mate? Do you think that having your 
um, Aboriginal Academy and what you're doing with the greater Indigenous um, community. Do you think that has an effect on recruiting Aboriginal players in terms of Motlop chose, he could have either chose the Crows or Port. Do you think that that had a weighing effect on choosing Port Adelaide yeah. and um, also in um, Paddy Ryder? Ryder. 100%. Yeah, yeah I, I think the guys probably have multiple options on the table and they would look at um, what would uh, suit them best um, on field but also off field and mm. I think uh, Port Adelaide would have uh, got over the top of other clubs just based on our Aboriginal programs and mm. and uh, and Paul again um, being someone that could mentor the young, young yeah. lads and what is actually established there people want to be a part of. That's interesting because yeah. yeah. we didn't really think of that when he might not chose uh, power over Christ. Yeah. Your 200 game AFL player, would you rather be known across your career for goal celebrations or for your achievements in the community? Well, it's a bit awkward if we say goal celebrations. Baz didn't hear anything after goal celebrations. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, there's another choice. Actually, did you see the tweet this week? There was a, um, a Matt Harris that did this, sold the candy left, sold it right, sold it left, and then uh, kicked, a, kicked one around his body. Mm. There was no Baz? goal celebration, was there, Baz? Uh, I'd rather the community, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. No, I mean, that's pretty shallow if you say uh, celebration. It's not really the same. Well, you know, the interesting thing, though, like we talked about the bow and arrow, right? Mm. Maybe that is your connection to the community. How many kids want to do the bow and arrow? Yeah, yeah, is this Mick Abbott's? Which one was Mick's? That's mine. Okay. I said I did it because I knew you'd be about goal celebrations. I knew Roscoe would be about community. <laughs> so we know your answer. You get sacked if you did the goal celebrations, uh, Roscoe. I, I wouldn't kick any goals, so that's fine. I'm down yeah. the back pocket. Mick Abbott has uh, said, would you rather be a leading the team's leading goal kicker or the best team man? Definitely leading goal scorer, without a shadow of a doubt. <laughs> best team man is like, you know, a little bit of a um, try again next year award. Leading goal kicker, that's where the money is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, sad, the sad thing about it, I saw Mick's uh, questions come through and I saw it, I thought, I've won about six um, team man awards. Coach and then, award. and then yeah. I saw him saying, um, no one remembers the coach's pet. And I thought, oh shit, he's probably right there. That's right. Uh, spot on, but uh, you're doing the team things. You're doing, you're helping your teammates kick the goals and you're contributing to their success. So, you know, we're not flashy, are we? So anyway. Uh, I, I won a most committed or something like that one year. <laughs> like it's my first year playing A-grade football in Barossa. It's my, like, most that, that's like, he's the guy that I like the most, but he's not the best player. No, no, no. <laughs> um, he also said, would you rather be Gillen McLaughlin or Hamish McLaughlin? Did you say Gillen? Well, how else do you say, mate? Well, maybe that's right. <laughs> that sounds weird. <laughs> Gil. Gil, okay. Read it out again, sorry. <laughs> would you rather... Be the, ch the chief of the AFL or uh, the, the media seven sport? Well, how do you think that uh, Gillian is going? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, would, I would be Gillian. Gil. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a high-pressure job. It's a tough gig. Very yeah. tough. Yeah. You criticise with everything that you do. Mm. And I think... You um, think he's doing a good job? Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to say that he's not. Um, yeah, I think um, people need to put themselves in, when they criticise or, or whatever, need to put themselves in other people's shoes and, mm. and sort of understand the sort of pressure that that job would entail and mm. scrutiny. So, yeah, I, I think he is. Yeah. Well, Mick, you? actually... Uh, well, I, I, I mean, to be... Honest, I don't really know. I mean, he's getting a huge amount of money. He gets criticised an unbelievable amount. But does, I think some of the criticisms are justified in, in terms of the way that he doesn't make himself all that available to the public in terms of when he makes decisions. I think it would be such a hard job. Yeah, I, I understand mm. that. But I think some of the decisions that he, that he has made, like in terms of during the week, 
he was saying, um, oh, I don't want, I don't think that Cornelio uh, Cl- Cl- <laughs> should go to Carlton. Like, you can't say that. No, 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 you can't. No, you cannot say no. that. I'm happy with a, a, a foundation player, with a, a, a really good player with a foundation club. I'm happy mm. for him to stay there. Yeah, I know. But in, in terms of trade and that, he can't comment on that. He can't have favourites. Can you imagine if suddenly he stays at GWS? It, it would be stinky all over. That, 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 that to me, things like that he, he shouldn't be a part of. You know, he's getting paid an enormous amount of money. I, I don't to think run the game. Get, he doesn't yeah. need to go no, on those conversations. That's right. But um, in terms of how good is it now, in terms of when there's two players, no one takes each other's head off. The players yeah. actually wait before they go into the ball. Mm, mm. That's been a massive success. Yes. Massive yeah, success. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I had it around when I was playing with Brosser and I got knocked out 25 times. <laughs> um, Mick um, Abbott actually gave some feedback. He said, I'll pick Hamish because he has a better job. He seems to have more fun, which is probably spot on. Yeah, He's laughing true. all the time. Yeah. His would you rather gave me the idea of a would you rather. Would you rather Andrew Jarman or Darren Jarman? Darren Jarman by the length of the straight. Darren Jarman without even thinking about that. <laughs> yeah. that's, the, that's the worst one you've ever done. Yeah. Well, what about their uh, body mass index? Would you rather Andrew Jarman or Darren Jarman? Oh, that's a good call, though. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We've got me to the next one. Would you rather Funky Basil Face? If you have to be one other brother, who would you rather be? You, you can't be yourself. Oh, <laughs> oh that's a hard Actually, one, yeah. you don't get that out too often. I'd rather be funky. <laughs> <laughs> but he can't eat gluten, mate. I don't care. Yeah, at least I get out. Actually, yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind being bad. Just, oh, for a, just, no, just, for a <laughs> just for a couple of weekends and then I'll come back to myself. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, know, who, know who your friends are. That's fair enough. That is, that's a great one, though. Boys, would you rather be coached by David Teague, Don Pike, or Ken Hinckley? And I know your answer. Uh, Who would you rather be coached by? Any of those three? I'm going to go Ken Hinckley. I've always been a fan of how what he says. Yeah. Um, Don Pike doesn't seem too inspiring for me, and David yeah. Teague is too new. So Ken's got runs on the board. I think he's doing. It's not. It's not because so, Roscoe's here. So, I think he's so doing a brilliant job. So why do you think people was asking to be sacked? Are they not seeing big picture, and that's that exists to win premierships. You know that is that that expectations. Do, how do you answer that? Well, well, when I, when I people think, say they should sack Ken, and which they would have saying to you a lot five weeks ago, what did you reply to well, that? Well, I think um, Ken's done a good job um, with what he, what he's got, and the future is really bright. So yeah. for people that are looking now for an immediate result yeah um if you look at our list and where we're moving mm. i think that's something to be really excited about but we're almost on the cusp of the finals so people just had to back him in and i think that supporters need to back their coach in you know like um in in um, football overseas soccer the team might lose but there's a packed stadium mm. That's what our fans in, in Australia need to do, um, and Port oh, Adelaide yeah. fans. We need How to support different is our it to watch the EPL and and, and Funky and I uh, talk about this. Wish I was you, mate. Funky and I talk about this. In the EPL, like the support there, you, as a club, you must just yearn to have. And you, you've got the scarves up in that. I, which is I, I love the scarves. So I absolutely you, love the scarves. You must just yearn for that atmosphere that the like EPL win, win or lose your fans are there and that's what we need to get to um, so when when we're at that point as a football club we will be going really well mm. um, yeah absolutely but um, yeah I think Ken um, I've got his back he's, he's going to get us in the finals this year I and, think the and fact, then 
the fact that you turned the list around, you got rid of, um, not got rid of, but you traded Polek and Wingard, you deliberately went younger, and you're still finishing in the eight, what it looks like for two rounds to go. That's a massive plus for Port this Absolutely. year. Absolutely. But can yeah. I just say something which, Ross, see what you answered this, your crowds have gone down now. I know that the weather's been bad for you. Yeah, is that is that what they're... Because obviously it's so important that you get the bums on seats. There is that what they're saying is because of the weather. Is that it's definitely not just the weather. It's uh, the the schedule, the fixture. We've got a lot of Saturday day games and afternoon games. A lot of country, country and local yeah. footy is being played at that time. So people aren't having the opportunity to come. Mm. Um, so if you look at um, our our fixture, it's been pretty disappointing this year. Mm. Um, but if the fixture was changed, um, potentially we could get more bums on seats. But it has mm. been performance and weather as well. Yeah. So it's a combina- combination. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. hard for people to attend 11 games. No doubt. Isn't it? When you're playing footy, yeah. that's impossible. Like, we, you know, playing footy, coaching kids footy, mm. to get to the, like, even on, you know, Crows are playing Collingwood, which would be a massive game, to get there on the weekend, keep coaching kids the next day, mm. at Barossa all day, running running for Barossa on the weekend at Kapunda, I've got no chance to get there. And so. that's midday. Like, no, sorry, that's at 4pm, isn't it? So, I mean, yeah, that's like, right. really yeah, difficult no for chance. anyone yeah, playing yeah. footy. Yeah. 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 Roscoe, can you tell us about Kokoda and why you tracked it with your mates? Yeah, well, it's uh, a good question. Obviously, I, I get to do a lot of goodwill in the community with uh, with the work that I do. Uh, so I got a, I, I spoke to a group of mates and we decided that we wanted to do something good for the community. We wanted to raise some money. We identified three different causes, one being mental health, one set up a scholarship, and the other was raise money for domestic violence. Uh, and we all landed on, uh, we wanted to do something for domestic violence because we felt that uh, a group of mates, uh, men, would be able to raise awareness, but also raise some good money for a foundation. We had a connection um, to Arman Abrahim Zadeh, who's um, who essentially founded the Zara Foundation with his uh, two sisters, and they found the foundation basically because their mother was tragically murdered on her birthday on Persian New Year in front of 300 people um, at the convention centre. Um, so it's a tragic story, but the resilience that they showed to set up this foundation that primarily helps. Uh, uh, women and their children, um, so it assists women with training programs to help them get back into the workforce, but also um, provides uh, small funds for the women to set themselves up to go back to work um, with uh, uniforms or laptops or whatever it might be, and then also helps the children with uh, educational needs, um, so small funds to help the, the students and the kids get back into school. So. Uh, we, we just uh, felt like it was an opportunity to do something good for the community and um, and we we're really happy that we did it for the Zara Foundation and we also did a physical challenge by trekking Kokoda. So, and how much were you planning to raise and how much did you raise? Yeah, well, we set ourselves a target of 10 grand each, so 50 grand in total because there was five of us all up and we raised 65 grand uh, and I think... That was really we're really proud that we achieved that but we're more i think we were more the more the significance was that we were a group of five men raising uh, awareness to a, a an issue that affects women um so the attention that we got from doing that was far greater than the money that we raised and i think mm. um i think you know domestic violence is such a silent killer in our community i, I did i checked the stats uh, early this week and 41 women had been murdered this year and 11 kids. Um, and we're, you know, we're just in August now. Um, so it's, it's tragic. Uh, almost one woman, a woman a week is dying 
Um, there's like emotional, physical, sexual violence that's happening. So um, it was really important that we raise awareness for, for that cause. Jeez, you, your head must be just crammed with so much things that you want to do and that you are doing success and unsuccessfulness in terms of what's, what's happening out there. How do you sleep? You know, you, you, you must be thinking, oh, I could do this, I could do it's, that, it's I could a, do this. It's a great point. Yeah, I, like you, you know, our admiration for what you're doing is mm. is top notch. But you must, your head must, you might have to come home at times and your wife would just say, let's just play Scrabble. Let's just like watch Family Feud or something where you can just dumb out a bit because you must be just peaked at, at times trying to make things happen. It's, it's a good point. Um, the way I'm wired, I just constantly tick in my mind, tick. So it's really mm. hard for, for me and my, my wife to actually get me to focus on on chilling out yeah. uh, because yeah. I, I'm always thinking about doing something else. Um, but I'm really lucky to get the, do the work that I do and impact the community. Mm. And I think we can all do more, um, you know, in some way no, and, you're dead right and, there, and yeah. think about what we're passionate about um, and try and assist in that area. It might be that you've t- been touched by, um, you know, by a, an illness um, or something, mental health it might be. And I think that everyone's had a touch point with something in, in their life where you could contribute back and give something to the community. Yeah, that's great. Um, Roscoe, before I go back to Kokoda Track, it's a really interesting part of your trek there. Um, obviously, White Ribbon, you're an ambassador for White Ribbon and, and do a lot of um, speaking engagements out in the community. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Obviously, you're talking about the domestic violence against women then, but the role that you have within White Ribbon? Yeah, um, I, I, we've set up and established this program at the football club, which is the Power Down Violence Against Women, where we uh, were essentially designed a program um, to speak to young men about violence against women and respectful relationships. And that's really where my passion started, um, okay. besides knowing a few people that had been affected by domestic violence. And I, we were connected to White Ribbon, so I identified that I wanted to do the White Ribbon accreditation um, to become an ambassador. And, yeah. um, you know, it's a fairly rigorous progr- process um, that they take you through and, you, um, you know, you go through a training and you get endorsed and then you get asked to speak at engagements. Uh, and I don't think um, people aren't coming to me through White Ribbon. They're more coming to me um, because of the other work that I've done through yeah, the Zara okay. Foundation where they're yeah. asking me to speak. And I guess having the White Ribbon endorsement is, is really important um, uh, as a, a visible brand that's saying Definitely. men are saying no yeah. um, to violence. So it's been, it's been great. and. Um, locally, well, in, in Australia, there's another organisation doing a lot of great work, which is called Our Watch, and they're doing um, a lot of uh, gender equality studies around why violence against women happens and how culture plays an important role in family and, and our community and how we're being brought up. Um, and it's really about, you know, basic disrespect in, in community and, mm. um, and disrespect for, for women. Um, and one thing that I want to encourage is for men, if they see violence against women, to actually stand up and, and uh, prevent it and stop it. Mm-hmm. And it's a confronting thing to do, to be a bystander and say, hey, don't do that to that to that woman. It's, it's a confronting thing, but we need to do that. We need to divert that situation to help the women that we care and love about. Um, and one question I want to ask you boys is, if, uh, if you're parked in the city and you're going to an event, after the event, how do you keep yourself safe when you walk into the car? You, you don't even want to think about it. Mm. Yeah. Don't even think about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I agree. Yeah. 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 So, and, and if I am with my wife, then you make sure that 
someone's with her or I'm with her, you know? Yeah. What about how do you think women keep themselves safe when they're... Well, well they have, to, have to go in twos or threes or... Yeah. And if Karen, I know if Karen drives to the city and it's night time, I always think about how is she going to get from where she is to the car. Yeah. Always think, I always think I'm going to be fine, but I always think about making sure my wife's all right. Well, and a lot of women are thinking about prior to the event where they park. Is it in a safe spot? Is it out the front of the venue? Is it under a light? Mm. When they come out, they're thinking about who's around me. Do I make a phone call, pretend I'm on the phone? Do I have my keys in my hands to fend off someone? Do I have the personal protection spray? Mm. So for us blokes, we don't actually think about how our women are feeling um, to get from, to feel safe, mm. you know, which is, is, is pretty devastating, I think. Um, you know, we don't, we take that for granted and our, the women that we love and care about are having to think about being safe all the time. Um, so I think that's why it's our responsibility as men to say enough's enough. Um, if we see something, we're going to call it out. And it's something you might see at work, you know, disrespectful behaviours yeah. by a man to a woman or in general, we're going to call that out. And workplaces can do a whole range of, mm. of work with white ribbon, accreditation, our watch are doing accreditation. But I, I go and hear a lot of people talk, but it's more about what you can do now. So if I could influence you and your listeners to actually say, well, how can I stand up against violence against women? How can I... Um, assist my football club, how can I, if, if my mates are talking disrespectfully to a woman, how can I show some balls and say, no, nah, that's not on, you know? Because in the footy club, we've all been around footy club, yeah. where you might be in the change rooms and someone's wolf whistling at a girl and yeah. she's by herself. Imagine how she feels. Have so, you ever had to yeah. do that? Have you ever had to step in uh, at any stage on, on something you've been, like, socially or...? Yeah, I, I mean, I have seen, because I've been involved, I've seen things out in the community since mm. where I've had to sort of intervene. Um, and one thing I think about my behaviour is when I'm walking in the street. So if I'm walking behind a female, I'm thinking about how she might feel with me being there. <laughs> and the eye contact as well. If I'm walking, I'll try not to like make a, a, a woman feel uncomfortable at all. So I might just hold back. I might, yeah. um, you know, look the other way or change direction just so that she doesn't feel uncomfortable or or, um, or threatened by me. Mm. Although I might not be mm. threatening, she may feel that and feel unsafe. Mm. Unbelievable. Um, a little bit of lighter topic. Going back to Dakota, so there was the photo that came out that you actually trekked with the honey badger, Nick Cummings. Mate, it was... Uh, Tell us a little bit about that. I, I want to know whether he said any of the following lines. So give us a little bit of background about the time with him. Yeah, well, before we went on, my wife Mel, she works uh, on the radio and uh, she works with uh, Hit 107 and she said, I, I heard that maybe the, the badge <laughs> might be on the wall because it was just after The Bachelor. Um, so she heard a little, um, like a little rumor, and uh, uh, he, uh, he he was, and we we heard that he was. So our tour guide Bernie, who's an absolute legend, I think he's doing his sixth Kokoda walk. So if you guys want to do it, I can link you up to him. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry, sixteenth. Um, he yeah, he right. said, "I've found out what walk the badger's going on, and he's coming the opposite direction. <laughs> so we will cross paths with him." And this was him, like trying to get away from the media after the badger. Exactly. Walk. Yeah. <laughs> and so my wife Mel said, "If you can get a photo, you've got to get it out because it can raise some awareness for Zara's, Zara's quest oh, and Zara Foundation." So yeah, we we were walking, and, and Bernie said, "I think it's on this day we're going to get um, the badger." So we were looking out for him and. Um, and then 
we heard we saw it was on this massive steep uh, hill and there was a bit of a, a commotion and the girls were all getting it was it was funny though all of the women that were doing the trek with they hadn't put makeup on all all, <laughs> all walk and then they were looking beautiful um, and great ladies they were and uh, yeah we were, there was a big commotion and the badger was there he was looking amazing like he had uh, you know like he hadn't um, dropped a beat of sweat or anything he looked perfect and us blokes have rocked up to him and sort of got a photo and um yeah you know he didn't um he we were hoping that he was going to pull out the one-liners but um but he was like all business he just wanted the photo and wanted to get moving yeah, yeah. um yeah so i think he was uh, he was struggling but we managed to get a photo out and we got a bit of a uh, bit of uh, coverage for that which was great <laughs> for for not us personally but for what we were doing Brilliant. Did you talk to him at all for a bit, or you didn't really? Nah, we did. We we just said, look, how you going? Pretty pretty um, basic conversation because he was with a huge group and they were sort of moving and it's yeah. really tight. We're on this cliff and yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it was pretty cool to cool to see him and he was doing something similar. Yeah, Roscoe, it's been absolutely brilliant to have you in here, and um, I think if you think about Port Adelaide and the true diehard. Uh, Port Adelaide supporters, if they actually think about what's going on in footy, like you said, I think they've got so much added this year with changing their list so close to the finals. It looks like they're going to play finals. But if it's about making a community proud of all the things and all the work that you're doing, if I was a Port Adelaide supporter, I would be so proud of what my club is doing. And I'm proud of the work that you do, just knowing you as a good mate and the effort that you put into, like Baz said, your mind's just always ticking over. So... Uh, well done and all that stuff. It's been well, great. It takes a lot. I never ever thought I'd see the day that the three of us here would be wearing Port Adelaide. <laughs> it, looks, it looks good. See, like, my grandfather would be rolling over in his grave. <laughs> well, and Brizey, as he'd be getting the shivers and down And somehow there. we've become what, it's been, for it too. No, it's actually been fantastic. And my love for Port was an all-time love. It's probably crept a little bit today, mate. <laughs> well, <laughs> you think if, if Brizey was still here, he was here before, he saw my son in a dress and he's... He could see his three sons in a Port Adelaide cap. So, um, <laughs> I heard it was your dress too. <laughs> Roscoe, thanks a lot, mate. Um, you, he's such a kind man. He's even bought the chocolates and uh, caps as well. So, yeah, well done. Great having you in. Thanks, mate. No, thanks, boys. Thanks for having me, boys. See you, right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Funky and Face. Oh, beautiful. T- two brothers talking footy. <laughs> That's got a nice ring to it, hasn't oh, it, Face? Beautiful ring. It just rolls off the tongue. It does, mate. Welcome. Welcome to Faces of Shed. Thank you. Where 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 is Bezza? Well, where, where's his bake? There's no been no interruptions in the introduction. <laughs> no talking goody saints. He's not here. He's missed his first episode. This is about what episode twenty One. something or other. Twenty one season two. That's yep. his first miss. So we'll give him that. He's in Bali. <laughs> and and now let's let's just talk about it right now. Let's talk about it. When you go away on a sunny holiday, beach holiday. Who gets a tan before the holiday? <laughs> Who tans? Ten days away. It's a great time to get a natural tan. Soak up those sun rays Beautiful and let the sunrise. sun... But he's he's shredded weight. <laughs> he's shaved down. He's... He, did the, he did the 30 for 30. Yeah, yeah. He dieted all for vanity purposes. And then last minute he got a tan. He, Unbelievable. He, what, what maybe we'll do, we'll share with our brothers and sisters the photo that he sent us. He is a, a, a darker shade. He is a darker ten, shade. Ten shades darker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So his teeth stood out uh, very, very 
rightly. But uh, good for the two of us. We haven't done the two two of us before, and I'm no, sure ratings are going to go through the roof, mate. Well, now that we've touched on Baz and his tanning, how's the Bachelor going for you, Funky? You've been into it this year. Um, I watched that first episode. I watched a little bit of the walkout, and I haven't seen it since. Oh, that, that's um, more so, like you. That's oh, that's yeah. better. That's good from you. I haven't been no. haven't been back into it now. But no. uh, Baz is normally obsessed with that. You you been watching it? <laughs> no, nah. uh, Survivor actually. Survivor's Survivor, good this series, Survivor and I've never watched and Netflix, it before. Actually, been getting into so we might need to talk about your Netflix favourites. I've been compelled with watching the cricket. I'm I'm loving the cricket, and I'm going to have a bit of a flavour about the cricket later on. But I think the cricket's been fantastic. So as we talk, Australia been sent into bat. They're not for eight in the first innings. It's hooping all over the place, and Warner and Harris are just hanging in there. And quietly, how good is it seeing a Marcus Harris, who for our brothers and sisters is Funky's name. Um, Opening batting for Australia. Well, um, Pop, Pop always said that you'd do that. Did he? He said he said I'd play tennis for <laughs> he was, Australia. He was a very poor judge, <laughs> our our, uh, our grandfather. Uh, but um, Mark Harris, who opened the batting for the Barossa District A twos, was a very poor opening batsman. I tweeted out to um, our followers about uh, Matt and I running between the wickets at some stage. We opened the batting for the Brosser District A2s and we were woeful. Yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. Yes, we were woeful. <laughs> uh, so I've been enjoying the cricket. Um, so tonight, face just the two of us, I'm sure it's going to be yeah. pretty entertaining. We're, we're going to talk about our followers and I want you to mention, I've just blown up Twitter sphere this week, so that's been great. Have done well. Um, Baz's bake is out. So this about week. About time too. This week. Yeah, it's been poor. Funky's flat. Beautiful. Um, we're going to do Would You Rather, we're going to share that, and uh, you're going to go Faces Fresh Finds, so looking forward well, to it, Face. I'll tell you what, Fresh Finds was on the bench last week, because Ross Waite, and deservedly so, he was brilliant last week, uh, so not enough time for Fresh Finds, which, okay, that's fine, uh, normally disappoints. <laughs> it was, um, now after Roscoe last week, yeah. having a chat to you and Baz, both of you said how you were inspired just by talking to him, and he... Someone like Roscoe makes you think. He makes you think about how you can be a better person. person. So yeah. he was a cracker. Um, it was good to hear some banter from some other people who follow Ross as well. Um, the funny thing is, uh, Koshi did a video of the power community living, what it's yeah. all about. It's like, oh, you could have done that last week. Oh, and any chance of showing Roscoe, who's the main man, oh. uh, it, was all, it was all Koshi. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> we spent our week preparing for Roscoe Doing and we came research. in with all these stats. And then. Um, a little bit later, Koshi does the video. That would have been handy last one week. One week earlier anyway. would have saved me a bit of time. But anyway, <laughs> uh, who's our followers this week, Face? Well, before we get into that, Funky, we went to uh, Crow's game, final game at um, Adelaide Oval on the weekend versus Collingwood. Five minutes into the first quarter, you were watching Brisbane versus Geelong on your phone. Um, which got a mention on Touch of the Fumbles with Tom Richardson. Well done to Tom Richardson. And I think he owes me a favour because he said, <laughs> how am I going to write a thousand words about this game? And I've given him ten. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was great. Mm. Um, I reckon you were watching some other games that are watching Crows Collingwood. I was in my second beer. Brizey probably couldn't see, our dad couldn't see the game because he didn't take his glasses. It was a shocking performance from Adelaide, wasn't it? My prediction was, because you, you, you were pumped. Like, you're always pumped up, aren't you? Yeah, They're I'm, running out, I'm and you're like, Brody Smith, I love you, Brody. <laughs> and you're like, Funky, who's going to win? <laughs> I say, we're going to get smashed. And we're like, oh. <laughs> and, so, uh, and we got smashed. We got smashed. Yeah. Um, Rossi Lyon, losing the free gig. Yeah. 
strange media performance after. Did you see the Ross Lyon isms over his career? Uh, give them to me. Uh, I haven't been. I've not prepared. Oh, come on, mate. Where's your research? Uh, I've got the research. I just didn't bring it with me. <laughs> but uh, there's a lot of Ross Lyon quotes that yeah. are quite funny. We might have to tweet them out during the over week. Over time. So I think think there's quite a few. But um, everyone's saying that they shouldn't have sacked him. Four years of not making the finals on his yeah. salary. Yeah. I think they've got their well-resourced footy club. They need to be better than that. So I think that's the right I decision. I think their president spoke. President? Chairman. No, yeah, the chairman, thank you. Um, not Rossich, because he got the sack. He spoke brilliantly at the press conference about why they made a decision on the... Um, as Marcus Harris just gets out of Joffrey Hutch at one down. God damn, that was a beautiful delivery. Um, yeah, it... Uh, it was probably the right decision. If they're not going to be there in 2020, why waste 12 mm. months? Might as well bring that decision forward now. It's going to be expensive for them. And these contracts that people yeah. are paying out, so North Melbourne are paying out Brad Big Scott's year. contract, uh, Fremantle play, paying out Ross Lyon's contract. It's a lot of money yeah. on poor decision-making. Yeah. Let's get on with followers. I'll tell you what, after your tweet, we'll get into that soon. 115 Twitter followers now for Funky Best Face. So welcome to our new brothers and sisters uh, to the podcast. Mouse Krogan, she's an Adelaide Crows mega tragic. Ross Waite, the GM of Power Community Limited, the legend that he is. You're still wearing the power hat, mate. You haven't taken it off your head well, all week. Well, I brought the power hat in partly to annoy you. That's unlucky. So Marcus Harris has just been dismissed and rain stops play. That is, that's just demoralising, that, isn't it? That is a little bit unlucky. That's typical um, I brought, now anyway, back to the footy. Yeah, back to the uh, podcast. Back to, what is it? The Pod, podcast. podcast. Um, I brought the hat in just to annoy you, the Port Adelaide <laughs> hat, because I thought the first thing you'd say, you piss, you which piss. is what you did. Exactly so um, right. that was good. Um, Tony Pearson. Not sure whether it's Tony Pearson. But he's actually the chair of White Ribbon Australia. So he's on board Excellent. the Funky Best That's great. Train. Very good. Um, Hayden uh, from Maitland, New South Wales, a Crows fan. He actually put out a tweet out. He said, I'm not even angry about results anymore. This team gives no cahoots, so why should I? I never felt so flat, disappointed in my football club to no end. Simple as that, it's time to rebuild Adelaide Football Club. So he's clearly in the pits of despair like the rest of us. Uh, ben Taylor, another one. Nikki, she says, LA Crows my passion. The Sensible Crow Podcast. There's Now, I'm going to mention a few podcasts. Tonight, There's a lot of Crow podcasts at the moment. There are. He said, maybe Richard Douglas heard my podcast. Hopefully not. He'll probably get sad if he does. It's not kind because it was honest. But reflecting back, thank you for a fine career. So Dougie's obviously announced his retirement today. Well, he's sacking. <laughs> <laughs> Depends who you speak to. Whether it's Adelaide I thought it was almost a bit of a theme. It's like, congratulations, Dougie, you've retired. We're and then uh, they've interviewed him. <laughs> congratulations on your retirement. Oh, I haven't retired. Yeah, I'll, I'll play mm. next year. Mm. Oh, whether he does or not. Mm. Um, but the big talking point was obviously having Ross Waite. Um, in with us in Funky's house last week. Um, he was fantastic. His family got in and, and talked to Ross on our Facebook page. So to John, Damo and Kelly Waite, they're all put in touch by Georgia Mullins Butler, who's um, we know is a mutual friend of ours. So thank you for um, making contact about Ross. That was great. Um, and they all showed Ross how much they love him as a son which is fan and brother, which is fantastic. So let's get to your tweet. You put out during the week, um, seems everyone is in favour of Adelaide's external review, but has anyone thought about what it will actually do? Would the board endorse the recommendations? That's the big key, folk. They can go and get an external review, but will uh, Chapman, Pike, Burton, and uh, Fagan actually do anything with it? Well, that 
that was where I was going with it because everyone's talking about the external review to be this must, big must thing. Must be done, must so be done. So I just wanted to think, okay, so if this is coming, what's next? So uh, I just wanted to put the thought in people's minds and I tagged a few of our um, regular <laughs> followers in. Great that our brothers and sisters, Mick Abbott, Donkey Magoo, great name, Donkey, still love that. Yeah, it's, 12, it's 12 months, I still love that name. Stephen Crow, uh, he's, he's prolific on Twitter. Tom Richardson and Barty Magic all created great feedback to that tweet so well done funk uh, that uh, got happened um <laughs> stephen crow actually wrote the terms of reference will be important but publicly releasing the findings is paramount which is spot on mm. but whether that will happen tom richardson put up a, a gif of donald trump saying it's not gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> he loves his gifts so uh, tommy yeah and his uh latest article um about the weekend was almost like the worse the football gets, the better his columns get. So I, I think he's in a no-lose situation. I tell you what, I feel bad for him having to write that each week. Our last follower update, we heard about the People's Dog Hot Chevy, or Shirley, as you may know, um, raced up at Hillsville in the final $35,000 first How'd prize. How'd it go? How'd it go? Nah, no good. Oh, uh, it came hot about, Chevy? It came about six, People's dog. six out of eight, or out of yeah. nine. Um, the dog that won... Um, um, track record dominated one oh, really? five six lengths so absolutely killed it um i, I messaged the uh, owner jimmy norris long time funky bears face uh, brother he said yeah winner broke the track record our only chance was him being slow out and shirley getting a good start but this winner nailed it had the field covered so well, I'm going to make a call, external review <laughs> for the hot Chevy. But what's going to happen with I recommendations? Want, I want accountability. I want it made public. I want to find out why a hot Chevy ran six. Completely agree. Uh, if we're going to back the people's dog, it's got to perform for us, Funky. Have I said what we're doing tonight? Yep. Oh, good. Very good. So, Baz's Bake is out. Out. Yeah. Um, On the bench. Funky's flat. Go, mate. But mate, mate. I'm not happy. You're not, I, you're not happy. I, I'm not happy. I'm not happy. I'll tell you why I'm not happy. Now, I'm not happy because England are up and about, aren't they? They're claiming Joffre Archer as their own. We've won the first test. They've drawn the second, and they are cockahoo. Cock I was listening to them on the radio. They are so confident. Now, have a listen to this. I've investigated about this Joffre Archer, right? So why is he playing for England? He's never played for England before, and suddenly they bring in this guy. He didn't even get chosen in the first test, so now he is a player. I've done some research. Have a listen to this. So the England and Wales Cricket Board, they wanted to increase their team's chances at the World Cup. So they've changed their eligibility rules from seven years to three. So if you move to the mother country, if you move to England after 18... You can't automatically play, play for England. You get to wait traditionally seven years. So it came about that Joffre Archer was playing the Big Bash in Australia, playing um, local leagues and yeah. causing a sensation. Hobart Hurricanes, who he was playing for, yeah. They worked out England were suffering in their ashes um, for bowlers, uh, even though you know they're doing quite well. Yeah. Um, also, with the World Cup coming up, they changed the rule from seven to three. Wow. So have a listen to this. The former sports minister, Jerry Sutcliffe, who's now an integrity and sport consultant, oh. expressed alarm at the change. I certainly do have concerns as it reduces the opportunities for people born in this country. I'll be looking for reassurances 
that this rule has not been done to suit one ind individual on a whim. So apparently there was rumours that yeah they wanted to bring him in over. A sh um, Have there been any other players brought in? Other than well, that? I'm glad you mentioned that face, and oh. you, I w didn't even um, ask you to to look at that. But England, right? have a population of 55 million people, Australia 24. So they've got... Twice two, as many. Yeah, two and a half times more yeah. people to choose from. Maths is bad. Then they change the rule. So have a listen to this. These are the people that were not born in England, and I'm sure you remember these names. So we've got Adam and Ben Holyoke from yeah. Australia. This is South Africa. Tony Gregg, Alan Lamb, Robin Smith, Andrew Strauss. Did you know that Andrew Strauss was a South African... Kevin wow. Kevin Peterson, I'm sure we all know that one. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Pryor, the wicketkeeper. Uh, Trot, Ian Trot, um, the opening batsman. West Indies, I think we know them, but these were you know all That's born in the West Indies. Gladstone Small, Philip DeFreitas, Devin Malcolm, Chris Lewis, Andy Caddick was a New Zealander. Oh. Ben Stokes is a New Zealander. New Zealander. Do you know how many um, internationals he's that a, they've had? He's a criminal also. 62. 62 people not born in England have played Test cricket. That's absurd. Um, back into the old times, Douglas Jardine from the body line. <laughs> Colin Cowdery. These are their legends who have come in. Um, their imports. Derek Pringle, the little yeah. um, wobbly seamer. Uh, Graham Hick, we know about him. Yeah. Uh, this is one he's of, assistant what, coach my, at Australia now. He's their batting coach. Ah, very good. Yeah. Um, well, glad to have him. <laughs> um, Ted Dexter. I wanted to name my dog Ted Dexter because um, I love the name so much. So he was an opening batsman for England and also a selector back in the 80s when we were smashing him and Ted Dexter was, a, was born in Italy. Uh, Garrett Jones. Hang on, hang on. How can he be born in Italy with the name Ted Dexter? He was born in Italy. Oh, so um, this is a raw face. Um, I'm not happy. England are claiming this Joffrey archer as their, as their own. They All of a sudden, they love him. They're up and about. We've had one hand on this Ashes. They've changed the rules to bring him in. I'm not happy. Great Funky's flap. Did you look at um, the Aussies that have come in from other countries? Uh, yeah, there's only about half of us. Like Kepler. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. But we, we've had about 20 or so. Yeah. That's incredible. 60 in there, mm. and they're massive names for England. They? Uh, they're really big names. That is huge. What are we going to next, mate? I like the flat. Thank you. Thank you. Baz um, is in trouble. Uh, hopefully, Baz is listening in his svelte bronze state <laughs> with his... Um, pearly white teeth. Pearly white teeth, and also the bintang in his hand while he's at the pool he's getting a massage. And he's, do you reckon he's going to come back with braided hair? Well, I see his daughter got that done. She yeah. looks... Uh, perfect. They braid his hair. Maybe they have to do the back. Well, you can't do much of the top, can you? No, really? you can't. Might pull it out. Um, let's do a would you rather face. Love to. What you kick it off? All right. Um, heading into the last week of finals this week, there's teams that are jostling for positions. Who would you rather be in the last week of finals? Port that are eleventh, Adelaide that are tenth, Hawthorne that are ninth. Western Bulldogs that are eighth. Western Bulldogs easy, easy one for Western Why? Bulldogs. Why? Uh, they they are streets ahead of all of those teams. I think yeah. um, Hawthorne the second favourite, but they've got West Coast at home, so Hawthorne are coming good. I think Hawthorne are probably only another year away from being a good team I agree. again. Yeah. Um, Especially if they get some of these players that are rumoured. Unlucky for, uh, I guess, 
He's not really unlucky when you lose by about 100 points for Port Adelaide, but Crows are miles away. They could actually finish below North Melbourne because North Melbourne could actually beat the 1%. I can't remember yeah. who North are playing, but um, Crows could finish as low as 12th, which is... Uh, Disaster for... Yeah. So I, I think Western Bulldogs by a mile. Uh, Western Bulldogs, Crows in Ballarat, it's probably about two degrees. Uh, Bulldogs <laughs> will be all over and then it's all over. Yeah. Um, and I reckon they'll start all right in that first final too. They're probably playing Collingwood. Probably. Or GWS or something at home, maybe. I looked at the um, line-up today. It looks like, yeah, you're right, Collingwood or yeah, GWS. So, the, uh, so to think the Bulldogs might win a final after being, like, four weeks ago. Not even a chance. Yeah, people said that they, uh, I think they just, um, they were the team that after their premiership were going to be the first team to not play finals three years in a row. Well, correct, I did see that. But, and it was something like 80, 70, 80 years or something that it hasn't happened. So yeah, so they're a danger remarkable. team um, in the yeah. first final. If they, if they actually get through and play a Melbourne team in the second week, they could even you know come top Go four. So um, they're, no, they're I, a team to look out for I next year. I agree with you, Cole. Uh, Western Bulldogs, you're, you're in destiny of your own hands, really, where the other teams are relying on the ones above them, to, to lose or to stuff up this week. So, uh, who have you got? What do you got, Fun? Well, would you rather face... Would you rather the Crows go backwards for three years to go forwards or finish between sixth to ninth over the next four years? No. Can't do sixth to ninth. Where has that got us previously? We've done that before. We've done it for 20 years. Yeah. Nah. We'd, depends what your backwards to forwards is. It's bottom three. Yeah, that hurts. That, our state can't survive. Our um, football club can't survive finishing bottom three for three, like three years in a row. South Australia can't cope when um, the Crows finish uh, <laughs> even eighth, really. Yeah. Between eighth to tenth. So if no, they finish bottom, massively... Crows have never, ever, yeah. over its history, 25 years, never bottomed out. Mm. Massively high expectations. But I, I think they're about to. Yeah, it'd be very interesting to see what they do, who who wants to go and who's traded, who's delisted. Obviously, there's been Otten and Douglas. They're in it. Otten's never really been in the side much this year anyway. But, you know, it's that second tier of players that are in the first 18 or first 21 that do want to go and go to another club. Don't blame them. Sounds like the club's in a bit of a disarray at the moment. So. Everyone's talking about Brisbane, but they've been... They've gone backwards for seven years. So that, They've had 10 years of it, haven't they? What do you got, Face? Would you rather be... The Birdman, Brett Burton, or Chris Davies. Now, I'll tell you why. So, obviously, mm. Burton, we've talked about, you know, um, he's got his L plates as football director or uh, football manager of the Crows. Um, he was behind the collective minds. He brought in Haas before they um, brought in Steve Saunders this year. Um, uh, didn't provide... Uh, uh, clearly had a run-in with Matty Bode, which sent him to Carlton. Um, there's no offer to David Teague for his coaching contract after 2017 he's now got a senior position at Carlton there's so many decisions which I think Kane Corns talked about the decisions that Burton's made since he's been in the role as opposed to Chris Davies this week it's come out that players have got to roll over payments like when's the last time that we've That's heard not Chris Davies fault though he's a GM of football mm. he's a GM so whose who's fault is it then well it's a club's financial situation so they have had a bad schedule and they've had bad weather this oh. year massively affects their that their resources. But how can that? Oh, that's their profit and loss, I guess. But for me, they they've put players on contracts. They can't commit to it. That's that's he's surely in charge of that. Chris Davies is surely in charge of player contracts and when players get paid. You can't not pay players. 
They're out there busting their arse. You can't say, sorry, Robbie Gray, which has happened. Sorry, Boki. Can you roll us over next year? Just don't get that pool this year. So they're, next uh, year. they're not saying they're not paying them. They're changing the timing of the of the payment. So bringing them into when they can bring in um, other sources of yeah, revenue. Yeah, timing well. it to next year. <laughs> so um, I, I don't think that's Chris Davies. But I, I think everyone's looking at Port Adelaide this week. They lost by a billion points against yeah. whoever they played, North I Melbourne. I think it was more, yeah. Um, Port have traded out some gun players to Agreed. get some young fellas, yeah. and everyone's like Sat Hinkley. They need to have a look at who they took out and who they got in. Yeah, they're in a good state for another um, and couple another years, couple of years, and they are a billion miles ahead of and, where the crows. And they got is. games into the kids. I think. Yeah, I th- Hinkley's good. I actually know. Both uh, the Birdman went to uni with the Birdman and worked with Chris Davies at the Eagles. Oh, so I, probably shouldn't have given uh, you I will actually back both of them because they're both good people. <laughs> it's a, I also think it's they're in a job that everyone's got an opinion on it. Yeah. It's bloody hard. I work with a hundred people. They probably got there's probably a hundred opinions on how I do it. There's probably millions <laughs> under those guys. So I there do feel go. for them. All right, you got another one. Uh, you ready, bets? You got two contracts in front of you. They're both one year. One says Adelaide, one says Carlton. What do you do? Um, I reckon you play more as a development role with Adelaide next year. They can't afford that. Sorry? Crows can't afford that. No. It, well, he's contracted, but I, I think there'll be other players in front of where he plays next year, so he'll spend more time in the SNFL, similar to... So you're saying he, you would rather him playing at Norlunga? No. In the Crows SNFL no, 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 side I'm than MCG if with Carlton? If I'm Eddie, I'd go to Carlton. Oh, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you say that? <laughs> that was a long, long way around, so I'll go to Carlton. Oh. Glad, glad you're not telling your wife. What you're... <laughs> so we're staying in Adelaide. Oh, no, honey, we're going to Melbourne. Oh, why did you say that? Okay. Um, Eddie's going to... I'm sure Baz is thinking this is going really well now. Yeah. Um, would you rather a potential senior coach take on or as potential senior coach, take on Fremantle or St Kilda as clubs? Who would you go for? They're the two vacancies at the moment. I uh, Fremantle are hemorrhaging... Uh, sorry, St Kilda. <laughs> I'm like you. <laughs> I think one thing and say the other. Um, St Kilda are hemorrhaging money, still being propped up by the AFL. Yep. Owe millions. Uh, I'll go Fremantle every minute of the day. St Kilda, St Kilda were my team that needed to be kicked out of the competition. Yeah, struggling for relevancy, aren't they? Um, Fremantle by a billion miles. Beautiful. Mm. All right. Uh, what would you do? Yeah, I think the same. Mm. Okay, your Ross line. This is my last one, face. Yep. Uh, you would you rather be sat with one year to go and have your contract fully paid out, yep. or would you rather? Coach for one more year and try and redeem the last four. What do you mean redeem? Oh, because he hasn't made it for That's the last right. four. A, as a senior coach, you'd back yourself to do that last year. Yeah. So even if that might mean that you're in all sorts. What about someone who likes getting paid for not doing any work? That did raise my eyebrows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't mind the idea of that. If my work's listening and would mm. like to do that for, for me for 12 months. He could be the highest paid person in the AFL next year. He could get well, $800,000. Chris might be in the same boat. Yep. So North Melbourne are paying him. So he AFL's could get... Yeah. Uh, Ross Lyon could get eight hundred for not coaching. And then he might slip into the Gold Coast Suns as the head, head of football of... for four hundred. That's not bad. 
he'll still get eight hundred. But regardless. you are right, face. You do bet yourself in. Yeah. To, There's a certain amount of pride, I think, as to, a senior um, coach that you come in up, and I'll turn it around, and you can change that story about. And you know what? I reckon he probably has a point. He's had massive hits to injuries this year to key position players. I like that face. No. Four years. He hasn't. Oh. So so Ross Lyon has said. We've had injuries, and when we've had our players, Every we've beaten six injuries. out of the top eight. He hasn't made finals for four years. If you haven't made finals for four years, you cannot say we've had players with injuries. He's accountable for, in high performance, you're accountable for your win-loss. Jeez, I'm glad you're not my boss, because you'd pick holes in my stories like every day. So um, I'm glad we're brothers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what have we got next, mate? Face the fresh finds. Oh, I'll tell you what. I've had two weeks of fresh finds, because... Uh, as I said, Rossi Waite uh, yeah. was brilliant last week. So I'm going to go through it as quickly as I can, um, but uh, a little bit of time for fresh finds tonight. So KO Sports. You know that I'm on the KO Sports mm. train, Funky. They've That's got like this... the free Foxtel. It's like the Audi. <laughs> it's like the Audi of um, home sports, it's, isn't it, Faith? Especially... Um... <laughs> what do you reckon the chances it, are? better than Audi. If you went into Audi on the weekends... Which is highly likely yes. I will. What are the chances of people who shop at Audi also have... What's it called? Kygo. 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 Kygo's a DJ that I follow on Spotify. I can um, I can take a I can take a poll if you like, mate. I'll just mm. ask some random people yeah. if they have code. Um, they've got 30 for 30 short sporting films on at the moment. So yep. little highlights, little highlight nice. packages. Yep. One is about called The Sweat Solution. It's, about, it's a kidney specialist from the Uni of Florida. He develops Gatorade to help replenish the fluid lost by the school football team in the area. So it's all about the start-up of Gatorade, which yeah. is great. The one that caught my eye was called Nathan's Annual Hot Dog Eating Contest. So this is right up your alley with being a gluten-free man. It's all about getting contestants to beat the record of 74 hot dogs, eating 74 hot dogs in 10 minutes. So seven hot dogs a minute down your gullet. That's and they're just, they're, you know, American-style hot dogs. So the plain hot dogs, bun, dog, that's it. Good effort. Um... Someone who's the fastest eater of hot food is he's Bazza. not he, he's not here tonight. Yeah, he's in Bali. Yeah. Um, he's uh, famous for the three bite pie. <laughs> uh, Whereabouts was that again? Yeah, it was in. It's probably like in Oyen or something like yeah. that. And you probably washed on, it down on with, the way um, to the brace or way with back. the uh, vanilla slice. The locals in Oyen <laughs> call it the snot block. So he's probably got the three bite pie and the snot block. I tell you what, that was impressive, and um, I hope that it was hot too, just so to burn the roof of his mouth. Mm. But I'll tell you what, the winner. So he's an 11-time winner. He's done this year after year yeah. after year after year. Joey Chestnut is his name. I'll tell you what, if you've got a name like Chestnut, yeah. you've got to have something special about you. He ate 71 hot dogs for this year, so he just missed out on his own record. The four-time winner for the females, Mickey Sudo, a, a, a Japanese girl, 31 hot dogs. Good <laughs> effort. Ted. So How do you reckon pretty... your guts are the next day? Oh, I, I think you're struggling for a week or so. Yeah. yeah you, wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't be going what's to have the, a run. What sort of stature is this? Chestnut man, is he? A no, he, he looks like me. Person. <laughs> looks like you. <laughs> Which is probably not a great endorsement for yeah. my uh, BMI rating right now. But um, no, it, that would say if you've got KO, have a look at that. Very, very interesting. Um, did you hear last week? And it probably more relevance last week than being a week old now. North Melbourne's Tom Wilkinson. He's a rookie on North Melbourne's list. He quit the football club. I didn't hear that. To pursue being part of uh, this season's Amazing Race Australia. Yes, I heard that. So he only played last week uh, in North VFL side. He hasn't made his debut. 
eight disposals, kicked the goal. They lost by 100 points. <laughs> he thought, bugger this, I'm yeah, out of yeah, here, I'm going to yeah. TV. He's actually partnering up with Paul Ruse's son, Tyler Ruse, oh, right. on the show. That sounds a bit contrived to me, Face. It, well, yeah. what do you reckon? He's mm. gone and the management said, you know I'm shit. I'm yeah. not going to be here next year. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to chase my fame on TV. So, interesting. This one came out today, and I, you'd be, you'd hate this, Funky. I'm mm. not sure you've seen this. You might have seen it from a tweet uh, from uh, Mike Teagle earlier tonight. The Brighton Bombers, a footballer and a water boy, have been banned for see. one week mm-hmm. by Adelaide Footy League for a beer incident. Yeah, I did so see for this. Those that haven't heard, um, Brighton Reserves footballer William Cheeseman Dutton and Waterboy Tim Pearman learnt their lesson the hard way after cracking open a beer and having a drink during the match last Saturday. So the runner is out there holding a beer, drinking mm. a beer as he's running out. Then he gives it, to, well, the player takes it as a swig. This is Div One Reserves. Mm. I, I can't. Who, who banned the player? Uh. Well, the, the club the or the league? The league, yep. and they've given the club a ban, a warning or a yep. um, penalty as well. They've got a one-week suspension from the league. So, did one reserves. That bloody good footy. Mm. They're playing at Brighton Oval. That, like, you, even Div 7, you wouldn't hear stuff like that happening. Maybe vintage rules like we've played before. Can we just say that Adelaide Footy League, uh, well yep. done to them. Absolutely. So, I'd be interested to see your point, because you know my view on it, Face, but what's your thoughts? No, that, yeah. that, that's ridiculous. Mm. Like, that's a bloody high-level, competitive level of footy. They won the game by 10 goals, but still, that's like, I'll show you these images here, I know we're mm. a podcast, so no one can see it, but to see a runner running around with a hand super dry, I just I just don't get that. That's just, um, it's disrespect for the, your opponents in a Div 1 game. They're playing Div 1 footy, probably some of them too. So, um, And the environment of kids being around in a sporting club and seeing what their um, heroes are doing, and yeah. uh, that's not the environment for how good sport can be for your health. So um, I, and I reckon fully this... endorse the Adelaide Footy League for what they're doing, and I think the uh, club might get so, a phone call uh, too. <laughs> John, John Kuhn Yes. Yeah, yeah, he obviously... Spoke and said, you know, it's a bad look. Yeah, well done, Kenneth. Good stuff. Now, I wanted to talk about this on last week's podcast, but I'm going to go to men's hockey. Funky, we don't often talk about men's hockey. No, I think we never have. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's here's the debut tonight. So, thinking back to your hockey knowledge and expertise, which is probably very minimal, like mine, what do you think would constitute a good score in hockey? Like like an average win? Three. Mm. Okay, that's, that's a great response. Well, I'm going to tell you about the Div 2 Metro Men's Hockey, a significant win in the league that involved an, a funky bad face, or a funky face, Yeah. brother of ours last week, Tim Geddes, a.k.a. the Ghetto the, Blaster. The Ghetto Blaster. Ghetto Blaster. It was an actual thumping. He plays for the Port Magpies, played the Woodville Peckers. Uh, Woodville started two players down. Stupidly, in hockey, they didn't put a goal in. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so the first 15 minutes... It was Port Magpies 6, Woodville Peckers 0. And after about 15 minutes, mm. or after about 20 minutes or so, they um, had their full complement of players. Yeah. They were um, 8-1 after they had everyone on. Yeah. They won 18-1. 18-1. And our man, Ghetto Blaster, how many do you reckon you got? Put through 6. 2. Oh, get a blaster! Get a monster! He said, look, I'm a backman. He plays in defence or whatever that's called in hockey. So, yeah, yeah, I I said, it's all right. I'll I'll tell him he scored eight or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, He scored two. So, well done, Gillo. Great, great win. He's playing like A's and he's dominating. They should have 
He should have retired about three years. Well, that goalkeeper, he should have stayed out. Like, six goals without them, 12 goals with them. (laughs) That that goalkeeper, sack, surely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, well done, and good luck to the... I can't believe I'm saying this. Well done, good luck to the Port Magpies in the Metro Div 2 men's hockey for the rest of the year for the finals. I think they might be following uh, Funky and Face. Yes, I agree. Um, I'm going to talk about four rival podcasts, Funky. Um, And tell me if I'm talking too long here, but... First one is about Road to the Draft. So this is Cal Toomey and Nat Woods, and they interviewed our man Haggis, our yep. recruiter, Hamish Ogilvie. Great interview. If you haven't heard it, get onto the Road to the Draft on afl.com.au. He talked about possible options heading into this year's draft. Might only have three picks for the Crows, depending on later picks. Talked about father-son options, players that got away in previous drafts. How's this for a list of names? Harris Andrews, Harry Hillberg, which we know they bid it on, Taron Thomas they bid it on, Mitch Lewis, who's playing up forward for Hawthorne. Dan Houston, who's playing at Port. And James Warple. We're massively keen on James mm. Warple. They got Andrew... The Warpedo. F- yep, the Warpedo. Got Andrew McPherson instead, who's yet to play a game. He's injured all the time. Um, said if they had another pick, they would have picked Warple up. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, talked about the pick swap with Carlton. You have some great stories as a recruiter. Oh, of, you can of have what it. what you could have had. Or... When you retire, you just... These are my teams of near misses. Absolutely. Um, talked about current players, uh, Chase Jones, Ned McHenry, the two couple of early picks. Said that Fogarty was bored at SNFL level, mm-hmm. and it's great to see him get a chance at AFL level. Talked about some of the others saying that they're, they're good, but they're not ready to play AFL yet. My second podcast is the Trends podcast. Talked about this one before with Mark McGowan. This is when he interviewed Henry Playfair, who's an assistant coach at St Kilda after crossing uh, from Sydney. Talked about how to associate, this is right up your alley actually, about how to associate with different types of players and in particular the differences between forwards and backs. So what, if you're a forward, what type of person do you think you are? Flamboyant, you've got tips in your hair. That, that is the exact word except for tips in the hair. Flamboyant, that's <laughs> spot on. So flamboyant, eccentric, creative. And he said, so you can't be too hard on them because you'll stifle their creativity. But if you're too loose, then they run their own, own show. Mm-hmm. Similar to like an Ivan Sylvie type mm-hmm. player. Um, where a defender, it's almost S- the reverse. Saw the big Sylvie uh, during the week, actually. Oh, the him. kid. Mm. Uh, premiership player. Uh, he, teammate, uh, I'll give you a little story from him. When he was playing for Williston, <laughs> he was the big full forward. Yep. I was the back pocket for Barossa. And I just, oh, no. just love standing in that hole where... <laughs> The full forward, you know, that's where they want to go. And it was only sort of like late when I started to work out where I could stand and stuff like that. And I just heard him, Harry, get out of the way. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> so I moved. <laughs> that's a very smart he's, a lot, he's a lot bigger than I'll me. I'll tell you what, he was a great teammate. Sylvie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, it was good playing with him. Talk about defenders. So this is this is more you, Funky. A disciplined, structured individual. Um almost about giving them creativity, so trying to force that out of them rather than being a dour lockdown defender. So very, very interesting on the Trends podcast, Mark McGowan. The third one that's coming out this week, Sacked podcast. Mm-hmm. So we talked about Mick Malthouse and a few yep. others before. Mark Williams was on it this one. Oh, So that was yeah, very fascinating. Mm-hmm. Went for almost an hour, talked about how Mark Bickley breaking Wakeland's jaw mm. just before finals, I think it was 2002, 2003, yep had an impact on their structure and game plan. I think Paxman did a knee also, so he said that sort of threw them mm-hmm. out for the finals. Talked about our man, Roger James, and gave him a massive accolade about the 2004 prelim final. And he also discussed who fainted right at the end of that game that was very close to him. 
um, such the tenseness of the game. So listen out for that. Um, he thought he was going to be coaching the Giants after shooting, mm-hmm. and then the Giants basically screwed him over. Um, he almost coached Essendon, almost coached St Kilda. Um, his relationship with Dusty, and then about his uh, cancer battle that he's mm-hmm. um, won as well. So very, very interesting, uh, especially if you're a port person. Great, great um, uh, history there. Can I just uh, Go. Uh, interrupt? Next week, we have Anthony Alessiani. Yes. Power from Port, live in Funky's Lounge Room next week. So beautiful. perfect timing, because we'll know. Are you going to keep your head on that? Yes, I will keep my hat on. I'll welcome him into my home. Um, we're not going to invite him here in the face of shed. We think more highly of him than that. Um, good. It was almost a good timing for just before the finals too, because we'll know the state. The and I sent him a message during the week, and I said, "Mate, it might be some sort of like bonding session, given our team is both yeah, our teams we are might so need bad." An open fire out the back of yeah. the house. So it's That's been a sure. power loving in the last few weeks. It has been. Um, and interesting that Matt has softened, or Baz has softened in his love for Port. I've never thought I'd hear him say that. Should have cracked on to him about that one. Um, last one is about Craig Hutchinson. He was on Conversations with Cornsey. Really good um, interview. Talked about how he started journalism. He actually pretended, he, his dad let him write stories about local football games and pretended that it was him, but it was actually Hutchie actually doing it. And that's how he got his start. So for 12 months, Hutchie's writing mm. stories and no one knew. Um, he's dead yeah he's a genius yeah <laughs> i'll get paid and do no work yeah that's right yeah talk about tv experiences at seven and nine um his regrets about saint kilda he actually called out justin kaziski for sexual uh, yep. allegations and it wasn't him and how he got sued over that um talked about how he took over croc media in australia and um how it's going forward so my last one faces fresh fine and thanks for hanging in there funky but it's been two weeks of build up of I've had a couple fresh ones don't worry about that a feel-good story to finish off. So Sorrento captain James Hallahan made a miraculous return from an injury last week. He ruptured his ACL, and in less than nine weeks, he was back playing football on the weekend and in the best players uh, in their win, just 62 days. So he did his ACL. Uh, before seeing a surgeon, he Googled. <laughs> he went on quickest recoveries from an ACL. It came up with a case study from the uh, Europe Premier League with a player over five years ago. Got in touch with the physio that sorted out the player and what he needed to do. Ten sessions a week, uh, two sessions a day. He played on the wing on the weekend. And last year they lost by a point in the grand mm-hmm. final. He played with his brother who's been on Hawthorne and Gold Coast lists. Um, so he wanted the opportunity to play in a grand final again or potential to win a grand final with his brother. And that's what motivated him. So that amazing. Nine weeks. That you, you don't hear that. Nah, that's got it's got disaster written all over mm. it. But um, let's hope he can get through. It's brilliant. I like it, face. Well done. Thank you, mate. Uh, thanks for having me. It's been great. You know, we've just got more room in this space you know now. Haven't we? There's, there's yeah. more funky in FaceTime. That's yeah. what I really like about. It. Yep. We can spread out. There's no interruptions. And I'm looking forward to darts tonight because Baz normally asses his way to a win. So it's gonna be a nice gentleman's game tonight. Yeah, and uh, he's just he's. Technique is quite weird, isn't oh, it? He's sort of like he foot faults his, way, all his way through and he quite likes it. But um, good to speak to your face. Thanks, Funky. See you, See you mate.